1: It's a pick six and a touchdown.
0: Fell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. There was contact with a quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately when yes. he got the handoff. You know this. The
2: QAnator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you.
3: From the DOJ Digital Studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet1. And I've had a Super Bowl winner on the show before, John Schmidt, who is part of the only Jets team to ever win the Super Bowl. Of course, the 68 Jets. They won in 1969 Super Bowl three. But now is the first time that I'm going to have a guest on who has won two Super Bowls. He, of course, was a second round pick out of Florida State. In 2005, and did not only one tour with the Steelers, but two coming back from Arizona. And there's a little bit of a side note that I'm going to get into about that in a second. Mr. Bryant McFadden. Bryant, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. So I have to tell you a couple of things. First of all, I'm really grateful that you're on the show right now, but there's a part of me that wants to yell at you for crushing my dream of seeing the Jets go to a Super Bowl in 2010. So I'm trying not (laughs) to have ill will towards you, but there's a part of me that Jet fan inside me is like, ugh! (laughs)
2: Please, please don't We we were just only doing what we were supposed to do
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then the other thing And I sort of alluded to this before Is that You may not know it, but even though you never played for the Jets, you have sort of an interesting footnote in Jets history because in 2010, the Jets traded a fifth round pick to the Steelers for Santonio Holmes. The Steelers turned around, traded that pick to Arizona to get you back after you had signed as a free agent in Arizona. And then in addition, they picked up a sixth round pick. They took that sixth round pick. And turned it into Antonio Brown. So I guess the Jets traded essentially you and Antonio Brown for Santonio Holmes. So I guess in a way, the Jets are partially responsible for you getting to go to the Super Bowl in 2010. So it kind of all comes full circle. They sort of sowed the seeds of their own destruction in a way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, in all in all, I think it worked out pretty well for the Jets and Mm -hmm. Santonio. Um you got a nice, nice contract from the Jets gave the Jets some nice years as well, and uh, you know, of course, we saw how everything worked out for what the the Steelers organization that year um not being able to win it was devastating um getting there is always a big time achievement, but uh not winning the Super Bowl sucks it doesn't feel good at all.
3: <laughs> As a Jets fan who hasn't seen a Super Bowl in my lifetime and who is a fan of a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl in over 50 years, I can attest to the fact that you are 100% correct about that. (laughs) (laughs) It is not fun watching the Jets fail every single year. But let's hope that they can get things back on track. And you made a great video as part of your new role as an analyst at CBS Sports, which is what you're doing now. The video was about Le'Veon Bell and how you think he could get back on track this year. Let's start with last year. Were you surprised that Le'Veon Bell didn't come back after sitting out the year and look rejuvenated and be able to put up the kind of production that he did in Pittsburgh? I know that there were a lot of problems with the offensive line, but I think a lot of people were expecting a little bit more. Were you?
2: Well, I think, you know, anytime a player sets out a full year, it's going to take some time for them to get back into that form they were in before sitting out. And the year before Le'Veon set out, 2017, I mean, he put up some real nice numbers. Um, Over 1,200 yards, if I'm not mistaken, you know, top-tier-like numbers for the running back position and then sitting out a full year not doing anything team-oriented. And then when he returned, he went to a new organization with new players, uh, you know, new coaching staff, new quarterbacks, you know, just trying to get accustomed to what the Jets were getting ready to get involved in. It took some time, so it was more about getting back into that rare physical form of being an, an elite athlete and then having to learn a new system think it took a toll on Le'Veon. And then also, too, like you said, the offensive line didn't do him any favors, Um, you know, with the injuries and just the inconsistent play. You didn't really see Bell take off like we thought he would in the New York Jets uniform.
3: When the Jets signed Le'Veon Bell, there were a contingent of Jets fans that were nervous about it only because, as you just alluded to and I said before— The offensive line was not just bad, it was one of the worst in the league. I don't know that anybody expected it to be quite as bad as it turned out to be, but we knew it wasn't going to be good. We know that Le'Veon Bell is somebody that's a patient runner. He waits for those holes to open, and if there's no holes opening up, his style sort of seems to be negated. Do you think it was a mistake for the Jets to invest that kind of money in Le'Veon Bell knowing the type of offensive line they had at the time?
2: No, I don't think so at all. And the reason why I feel that way is because, yes, he missed an an entire year, but you're trying to improve your offense, and you had the resources to do so. It wasn't like they had to go put together the funds to acquire Le'Veon. Remember, the Jets had a lot of money available for free agency. So you have to tell your fan base you're trying to get better. And I think signing Le'Veon was more about maybe Le'Veon Bell can make this offensive line better than what they are. It was basically more about Le'Veon helping out the offensive line than the offensive line helping out Le'Veon Bell. But remember, his style of running is something that you don't usually see from running backs. And the, the unique part about the chemistry he had in Pittsburgh, those core pieces he had on the offensive line played with him throughout his entire professional career. So they were accustomed to the slow motion, patient running style. I'm willing to bet it took some time for the New York Jets linemen to get accustomed to that. Cause most running backs are taught to see it and hit it full speed. Le'Veon is a very, very patient, patient runner. You know, most running backs are more like rock stars, rock bands. They're in a the rock group. They like to go fast. They like to play with a lot of energy. Le'Veon is more of, a, of an R and B type player. If you were to compare that in the musical terms, <laughs> he allows the, 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 flow, the music, the vibe, just to run like water. And I would imagine it would take some time for any offense alignment to get, a, get a, to get used to that. And that's why I think this is a huge year for the Jets offense, especially Le'Veon, because now you know what he does. He knows exactly what the guys are doing in front of him. So we probably should see it come together more better than what we did last
3: year. I'm starting to envision Le'Veon Bell As the Keith Sweat of running backs After you said that, Bryant
2: (laughs) (laughs) No question, no question I
3: want to ask you about Adam Gase's Usage of him, though, because As you said, tough to run behind that offensive line, and he has a style that's very patient, so especially if the holes aren't opening up, he's not going to be able to do what he normally does. But you know this from following the Steelers very closely. He's somebody that is an excellent wide receiver, not just for a running back, but he's actually like almost wide receiver good in terms of running patterns and being able to get open. Creates a lot of mismatches. Were you surprised that the Jets didn't use him more in that capacity last year?
2: Yeah, I was. And I was surprised, but then I think I kind of, my assumption in why we did not see the volume of attempts from Le'Veon like we thought we should have seen, maybe was because they didn't want to put too much on his plate because remember, he set out the entire year in 2017. uh, I'm sorry, 2018. He didn't play one snap. So maybe Adam Gase and his offensive staff wanted to kind of slow play the volume of work for Le'Veon. Because if you look at Le'Veon throughout his professional career as a healthy starter in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform. uh, 2017, I think he had over 300 rushing attempts. And then when you combine that with around 80 or so receptions, he was a volume type of offensive player. And then I think in 2016, around 70 receptions, and of course he was clearly over the 250 plateau when it comes to rushing attempts. He is a volume guy. So many thought that we would see those similar numbers in a New York Jets uniform. But I think sitting out in 2018 really hurt the volume that we thought we would see from Le'Veon. And that's why I say also, you know, I said a few moments ago, this this is a huge year because Le'Veon played the entire year last year. He didn't sit out. Granted, he didn't give the type of production we thought he would give. But now one would say he's back into that football form, something he was not in to start off 2019.
3: The Jets made a ton of changes on the offensive line And it seems like they're gearing towards inside zone Which is a lot of what they tried to do last year But it doesn't appear to play to Le'Veon Bell's strengths Is that odd to you that you would almost tailor your offensive line Away from the strengths of your best runner?
2: Uh, Not necessarily I think you got to do what what will work better for the entire offense You know, and if you're telling the offensive line to kind of not do what the offense tells you to do to make the entire offense better than, than so be because I don't think there will be a Jets fan that would complain about scoring points and winning ball games if you're not doing exactly what the offense is supposed to do every now and then it's okay to comp- it's okay to uh, improvise right sometimes if you if you run a sweep play and there's contain on a sweep sometimes a runner just uses God given the ability to make something happen that's not there and I think that is what the Jets is trying to do Be able to understand what you're supposed to do, but we give you the free range to improvise as long as everybody's on the same page and as long as we're being successful.
3: Let's talk about the offensive line in general. You know that they made the big addition, and I do mean big, with Mekhi Becton at offensive tackle. And then they painted around a little bit. They brought in Greg Van Roten from Carolina, a bit of a journeyman. He'll compete with Brian Winters for one of the spots. They've got Alex Lewis there, who was there last year. Gets hurt a lot, but when he's healthy, he's a solid guard. And then at the other tackle spot, you've got Chuma Adoga competing with George Fant, who they brought in from Seattle. Do you think that's enough to help Le'Veon Bell take that jump from last year to this year?
2: Nah, I don't think so. Now, on paper, I'll say no, because you talk about the consistency that you would like to have on your offensive line, along with the, the experience of being a pretty reliable player. I mean, right now, the most talented guy is Beckton. And he has yet to have, take one meaningful snap in the National Football League. Then you look at the right tackle. You talk about Odoga and, and, and then competing with Fant. I mean, who's to say what the right side is going to look like? So I think this is a group that can come together, um, but when you look at the the Jets' offense, right, you have a lot of question marks with the Jets' offense. Number one, the offensive line, right, pass catching. Outside of Jamison Crowder, the next best pass catcher is Le'Veon Bell, based on what we know and based on what we've seen. Now, maybe Denzel Mims can show up. Maybe Rashard Pyramid can give you some of the, 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 the flash plays he gave Tampa a year ago. But – we don't know. The unknown is very, very scary. And anything you do, anything you expect, the unknown does not make you feel good. And then, will the Jets get production from the tight end p- position?
3: I should say before we move on that I forgot to bring up Connor McGovern, who should be a pretty good upgraded center, but still there are questions about the offensive line. As far as tight end, Bryant, I think it all depends on whether or not Christopher Herndon can stay healthy because his rookie year he was pretty good, and then last year he was suspended, and then when he came back he got hurt almost instantly, so he barely played. Ryan Griffin was fine in his place, but he's not a guy that's going to be an above average tight end. You can get by with him, but certainly if you have Herndon, it should help. How much do you think the other players around Bell are going to impact him beyond the offensive line? Because you've got Sam Darnold. You've got, as you said, the other targets. How big of a factor are the rest of the pieces on the offense in terms of whether or not Le'Veon Bell can go back to what we expected to see from him, the Pittsburgh Le'Veon Bell, if you will?
2: I mean, they're a big factor. They will be a big factor, and the reason why I say that talking about the pass catchers, the receivers. I mean, if you're playing against the Buffalo Bills, if you're playing against the Miami Dolphins, and they feel like your pass catchers can't beat them, guess what they're going to do defensively? They're going to stack the box. They're going to force Sam Donald to beat you with his pass catchers. And just let's let's go back in time. Let's go back to a year ago, right, with the New York Jets roster, right? And if you were to compare – the wide receivers that the jets had last year compared to c- comparing them to the wide receivers they currently have listed as the top 3 guys one would say last year's group is better than this year's group you you had uh, roby anderson along with jamison crowder quincy yeah you had quincy so those were list- those are the top 3 guys for the jets a year ago and if you look at the top 3 guys for the jets this year you got denzel mims who has potential but hasn't played in the National Football League, Jameson Crowder and Brashad Pyramid, And and I really like Quincy. He just couldn't stay healthy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He just really couldn't stay healthy in a New York Jets uniform. So one would say that the, the, the trio of wide receivers last year is better than what the Jets have this year. So how excited or optimistic should you be when it comes to the wide receiver position with the Jets in 2020?
3: That's a very important question that we're going to get answered pretty soon. I think a lot of us are hoping that the last few games of the season that Perriman had last year continues this year for the Jets because if it doesn't, a lot of Jets fans are going to be really upset about Robbie Anderson leaving, especially for the amount of money that he got with Carolina. How important do you think the coaching is going to be for Le'Veon Bell this year? We know what he's capable of, but there seems to be this sort of strife where a lot of fans and media members believe that Adam Gase is being stubborn, wants to do things his way, and refuses to use Le'Veon Bell To the best of his abilities That doesn't mean volume necessarily Because certainly Le'Veon Bell got plenty of touches last year It's just as we said Maybe splitting him out more at wide receiver Tailoring the offensive line To the way that he likes to run So on and so forth How pivotal of a role do you think that Adam Gase And the offensive line coach Frank Pollock Are going to play in this?
2: they, 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 They have to be Very very strategic In how they go about their business On the offensive side because the most important, well, the most valuable player on their offense is Le'Veon Bell. Because if he is rolling, it takes pressure off who? Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. It takes pressure off some of the pass catches we just talked about. But if Le'Veon is not rolling, if he's not being effective, it puts more pressure on the young quarterback. So they have to find out what he does well. And I think last year was a not necessarily a trial and error period, but it took some time to understand the player and the same can be said for the player, understanding the coaches. And I think when you finally find that, that sound medium, now, you know exactly what he does, what he likes, and he knows what to expect in certain situations. But I can tell you this much, if they can't run the football, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle offensively. They don't have the star power right now. I'll say to be able to consistently go out and be competitive if you can't run the football well and there are only a few teams in National Football League that can't still have success if they're not running the football well the Jets they're not one of them
3: because you talked about Sam Darnold how important is Le'Veon Bell to Sam Darnold's development here because a lot of people think this is a do or die season for Darnold he's going into his third year A lot of times, if a quarterback doesn't break through in year three, he never does. And a lot of the reason that people were in favor of signing Le'Veon Bell last year is because if you looked at how much money the Jets had under the cap, and if you looked at who was available, Bell was the only real elite offensive weapon. And as we've talked about, he can do everything he can block, he can catch passes. And he can run. And so the thought was you've got Darnold on this rookie deal. You've got to get Bell in here because you have to get the best possible weapons you can to surround Sam Darnold. If Sam Darnold is going to reach the maximum of his potential, how essential do you think it is that Le'Veon Bell steps up and is able to be that player that we were all expecting him to be when the Jets signed him?
2: The best way I can answer that question for you, let's look at Sam Darnold. Peers at the quarterback position. You know what I mean? Guys that have really seemed to develop nicely. And I don't, I'm not throwing out Pat Mahomes because he's an outlier. You know, he, he's in a whole nother world, right? But let's look at some other quarterbacks that I think will be big-time playmakers this season. And Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson is kind of an outlier as well. He's an exceptional, talented guy at the quarterback position. But with what the Baltimore Ravens did to really help Lamar Jackson develop Outside of what Lamar did as an individual, they allowed him to be able to rely on a system that took pressure off his plate. And Lamar played a big part in that and running the football. They're one of the best rushing offense in the National Football League. And it paid paid off. Lamar, I mean, it, it paid dividends for Lamar Jackson. And then, of course, you can tell he really worked on his game in throwing the football from the pocket. From year one to year two, a gigantic leap for Lamar Jackson. And then let's go right in the division, the AFC uh, East, with the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen, from year one to year two, big-time strides, in my opinion. But why? He had a reliable running game to rely on, right? So if you look at Josh Allen wide receivers, I mean, on paper, they didn't really blow you away when you look at who they had. But these guys did what they were supposed to do. They caught the ball. But then also, too, the offense was not predictable because they they ran the football well. They ran the football well. So the key ingredients to finding success for your young quarterbacks is either you have superstar players catching the football from him or you have an offense that can run the football well and they're consistent. And that's their identity and they embrace it. That has to be the key for seeing growth in a young quarterback. Deshaun Watson, yeah, they run an, an elite team running the football, but he had a superstar player that he was tossing the football to in De- DeAndre Hopkins. That helps. You have to have one or the other. You got to have either a superstar, pass catcher, or a group of guys that are real good in catching the ball and creating separation. Or you can run the football any given night and you become either running, passing, but you can't be predetermined in what the defense will see from you because you run the football well. And I think right now that's that has to be the Jets' makeup, where you look on paper, do they have superstars catching the football? And when I say superstar, I mean like household name type pass catchers. No, but they have that guy in the backfield. So there lies the most important factor. Running the football would definitely help Sam Donahue out.
0: While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep.
3: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Brian, if Adam Gates called you and he said, listen, I trust your opinion on this, and I know you've been talking about Le'Veon Bell a lot. What do you think I should do? How should I position Le'Veon Bell to be able to do the absolute most for me in 2020? What would you tell him?
2: <laughs> in my opinion, Coach Gates, for you to get the best out of Le'Veon, number one, just allow the, the offense just to flow and just don't have in the direction from the offense. If you're trying to run the zone, if you're trying to run the power, just allow Le'Veon to dictate what is best for you to do. Secondly for me, he has to get at least in my opinion I say at least 265 rushing attempts. 265 275 rushing attempts. That has to be the minimum. He has to he has to get the touches to be able to show his worth, to be able to show that that contract is worthy. And then for me also, he had around 60 receptions. He got to get at least 60 again. He has to be able to get the volume to be able to really show what he can do. And then that takes pressure off Sam Donald. But Le'Veon has to be the guy that touches the football more than any other offensive player. Clearly that should happen. He plays the running back position. But yeah, what we saw from rushing attempts last year, it, it has to improve. So just get, get the ball in his hands and allow him to do what you want him to do, which is show, be productive, show up big time. And ball out.
3: Brian, real quickly, let's talk about the AFC East. First of all, how weird is it going to be to watch Tom Brady in another uniform?
2: Uh, it's going to be extremely w- weird, but it's, it's, it's great. I love it. I really don't have an issue with it because I think it's good for football. Um, it changes the narrative of Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. And let's see who does it better without the other. You know, let's see what happens with the Patriots. Let's see what happened with Tom. But I can tell you this much. I have no dog in the race when it comes in AFC East, but clearly the AFC AFC East fans should be jumping for the joy because finally the division – is not sold up before the season even starts.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, this is the first time in years that I'm going into a season and actually believing that the Patriots might not win the division. Of course, one time that they didn't win the division was 2008, and that was the year that Tom Brady got injured, but we wouldn't have known that going into the season and happened in the first game. What do you think about Who might win the division this year Because as you said seems up for grabs Obviously Buffalo appears to have the best overall Roster The Patriots still have the best coaching staff. They've got an elite defense, and Jarrett Stidham's a wild card. We don't know what to expect from him, but you talk to people there, and they seem to really like him in the Patriots organization. The Dolphins seem to be on the rise a little bit. They were supposed to tank last year. They ended up winning five games, made a lot of improvements in the draft and free agency, and Brian Flores really seems to have the arrow pointing up. We talked about the Jets as well. We know what the strengths and weaknesses are there. What do you think? You think this is going to be a free-for-all? Is everybody going to have a shot at the division this year?
2: I mean, everybody will have a shot, but the favorite should be Buffalo based on you know the points you, you, you mentioned. They got a talented team. On, from top to bottom, they probably have the most talent, especially with the experienced pieces they have returning and adding uh, Stefan Diggs. I love their defense. Um, uh, their defense was, a, was a, a top-tier unit last year. They got better with some moves they made. Uh, the defensive line, I mean, they're too deep. Is like a first, first strength basically. Uh, they can go with the best of them, and then you look at the secondary play, Tre'Davious White, all their core pieces return, and then you know the offensive line, uh, Josh Allen. I mean, this is a temp. This, this, on paper, I like. Lo- I love everything about the Buffalo Bills, but they will only go as far as Josh Allen takes them, and that. And we look at some of the quarterback play in the AFC East not having Tom Brady, the quarterback play will dictate who will win the division, in my opinion.
3: I think you're 100% right, and I think that's exactly why the Jets so badly need Sam Darnold to step up in his third year here in 2020. Bryant McFadden, a two-time Super Bowl champion and somebody who unfortunately helped crush our dreams in 2010. Well, technically the 2011 AFC Championship, but still the 2010 season. But we love him anyway. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. I hope you'll come back soon. But for everybody that wants to check out your work, what are you up to right now over at CBS Sports?
2: Man, just covering everything football, uh, you know, college, professionally, uh, even some gambling uh, segments as well. You know, just getting geared up for this season. Uh, we anticipate seeing football this year. Uh, I think it's going to be huge for everybody just to kind of get back to some type of sanity. And, and, and that's what I'm doing. Just covering all things, all things football, NCAA, NFL. You can check me out on CBS Sports HQ Weekly.
3: Go ahead and make sure that you don't miss any of Bryant McFadden's commentary over at CBS Sports HQ. You can also follow him on Twitter at BMAC underscore Sports Talk. And, of course, if you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show. If you like what we're doing, doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it helps us out a lot. So if you could do that for us, we would be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.